0: What's good? This is Kelsey, founder and fearless leader of Dope. You are zoned in for an episode of Soberpreneur, a look at what happens when we deal with our past shit, talk openly about that shit, and go do other awesome shit. On this episode, you'll hear from the executive director of Open Recovery, Faye Zenoff, and me. We'll talk about living life openly and proudly in recovery. Let's dig in.
1: Welcome. Um, Faye Zenoff from Open Recovery, and I am here with Kelsey (laughs) Morena <laughs> new last name. <laughs> and this is our first episode of Success squared, which actually is a new series which is interviewing business leaders who are also open about the recovery. But the whole inspiration for this came from a conversation with Kelsey when they reached out to us, DOPE reached out to us to let us know that we've been selected. Do you want to talk about what that is?
0: Absolutely. Uh, Open Recovery is selected for our next round of DOPE for Hope Um, as part of my company, which is a cookie dough company. We sell edible cookie dough. We've got a pretty large stance around mental health and addiction recovery. So we reach out to nonprofits and get them on board to uh, be the recipients of all the proceeds from our Dope for Hope cookie dough flavor. So uh, Open Recovery was just a prime choice for us. It's all about um, what I try, try to raise awareness on and um, really excited to have them be
1: on the table for so this next round. We were thrilled. And then when I was talking to Kelsey and learning about how she started this uh, business... I thought you know what she is doing is so exceptional. Not just being a woman who is an entrepreneur, who is a CEO, <laughs> but she's a woman in recovery. And we both knew other business leaders who are women in recovery who are not necessarily in the mental health field as leaders, but who are in the private sector building businesses. And so we and had kicking this, ass. And, kicking <laughs> ass. <laughs> and so style. we had this great idea yeah. to do a series in the Recovery Month, which is the month of September. And Kelsey is our first. First guest, kicking it off, and we are on Facebook Live. <laughs> Facebook Live, Instagram Live, right? all the platforms, so, all the things. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, yeah, right on. So, really glad that you're here, and we have some questions, at least on the dope Facebook Live, right? Yes, there's some got poll a poll, poll going, so, so tune in. So, I had a few questions for Kelsey. First of all, I would love to know a little bit more about how long have you been in recovery? How do you define recovery? Um, so, we are nearing my four-year sobriety anniversary. Yay! It's
0: this Saturday. I'm super excited. Um, 9, 14, 15 was the day that I got sober, had my last drink, and said I wanted to be the best version of Kelsey every day, all day. And uh, I cannot believe it's been four years, because in the beginning, you're counting the hours yes. and then the days. And I mean, I used to have the countdown on yes. my app on my phone, and I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, am I going to get to, you know um, six months, am I going to get to one year? And, uh, four years later is pretty cool and amazing to see what's happened since.
1: Did you, were you working at the time that you got sober? Were you? Yeah,
0: I was. So I had been working at Intel since I was 16. I started as a high school intern and, um, honestly fueled a lot of the troubles I had with alcohol. Mm -hmm. No, you know, downside to Intel or anything, or just the tech industry overall is pretty intense. And they're all running just as fast to, to keep up and beat the others. And, um, you know, I just had leaned on alcohol to quiet my brain over the years. I'd been really intense since such a young age, and um, alcohol was
1: like kind of this, like, okay, you don't have to be on. Right. You can turn off for a second. And So when um, you actually got into recovery, mm-hmm. how did you bring that into your workplace? Did you tell colleagues? Did you tell your boss? Did you tell HR?
0: Yeah, I think, um, I, I don't know what it is about the generational change or what, but when I made the decision to get sober, Um, I did tell my boss pretty quickly. I was on a work trip when it happened. Um, I was in Barcelona and had my, you know, last binge night out drinking and woke up the next morning and was just like, what is this? You know, one more morning apologizing for stuff I didn't remember doing and um, just feeling so utterly lost and confused at how yet again I was going to go through this ordeal of... um, you know, what, what happened? What have I done? And I called my Nana who was like 20 years sober at the time. And she's like my best friend is my grandma. And, um, had told her, you know, I'm done. I want to stop drinking. And, uh, I went to an English speaking AA meeting that morning in Barcelona and, uh, yeah, I didn't have a drink again. I went back to work and, um, told my boss, like, uh, this has happened, and you know there's was, there was so much shock around it because people in different parts of your life didn't see the other side of you. Right. So you know, I had a, a um, boyfriend at the time of like four years who had seen just like episode after episode mm. of all the behaviors that would happen with me, um, and how severely it was affecting my life. But then you have people at work that are like, "Oh, come on, you know, you're just having fun, you're just right. letting loose, it's all good." And right. at the end of the day, it was like. No one will know your experience like you, and you've got to know in your heart that that's the right choice. So even with some of the scoffs or like, oh, you're Mm -hmm. fine or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, it's like, I know that I'm done feeling this way and uh, done using the substance to to
1: get through. So when you went to that first meeting in Barcelona and then you came back to work (laughs) and and, and you came back to work, have you stayed sober since then? Yep. And so you told your boss, you told your colleagues, was it challenging what happened when it was like, you know, Christmas party time or bonus time? a Totally adjustment to a
0: new way of living. I mean, I, uh, the relationship had ended too. So Mm -hmm. um, I was like, what am I going to do? I'm like, single on my own. My friend group mm. was all people that drink. Right. I was living in Oregon at the time, which was still relatively new for me. So the friends I had made were like, let's go to the bar friends. Mm-hmm. And that idea of like, what else do you do to like hang out with your friends except go and drink? And um, yeah, big adjustment there on, on what life would be like. And holidays were really hard. I mean, even with my family, though they didn't like it and knew that I had had my problems, um, you know, didn't like me when I was drinking, I still felt like the odd man out a bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's now almost three years since my Nana passed away. So Mm. I was loving in the beginning holidays were at least Mm -hmm. together to have she and I in the corner with our soda water and lime and all that. Um, But, you know, as time goes on, it becomes more you and more normal and more the, you know, what you what you've gotten used to and more comfortable in your own skin you know
1: no doubt so fast forward and I want to get into when you um form dope and so forth but fast forward now you run your own organization you're in charge of the culture and the management practices so Mm -hmm. holiday time comes bonus time comes customer cultivation comes Mm management where does alcohol fit into your culture
0: yeah, it's, it was a big decision the first time I, uh, I threw actually like a client appreciation party and we had our staff come and we set up like a cookie dough bar and all that. And, you know, it was the question of like, are you going to do a yeah. bar? And I just said in my core, like I can't promote it if I'm all about that you can live an amazing, fulfilled life without needing alcohol to like smooth the edges. Right. Like what's going to happen to this group of people when they come to a business mixer and there's no wine? And right. I stuck with it and I said, we're not we're not doing alcohol at it. Saves on the budget a little bit, notably. Uh, so you don't have to buy alcohol, which is great. But, um, yeah, I just felt like what a cool opportunity to get people to just branch out and have to experience an evening networking without a cocktail in their hand. We made a full list of mocktails. So we did, like, a dope Fun. Um, Fun. booze-free bar menu and did three cocktail, sorry, mocktails and kombucha and all that. And so um, multiple people who do drink came up afterwards saying what a nice evening they had that they you know, they were leaving, knew they had this event. They were so glad it wasn't some happy hour that they were going to have to drink at. And I'm just like, just don't do it then. <laughs> right, right exactly. You can come here. It's okay. Right, exactly. Come in. It's
1: fun on this side. Um, it's actually giving people yeah. a taste of what Sober Curious, that whole movement is right now. Totally. It's like, how do you have fun without the What animal? would it be like, right. yeah, if it was just, just me
0: and my thoughts and who I am instead of this, like, uh, liquid courage and barrier right. that people think they need, yeah. Okay, so how long ago did you start Dope? So, April 20th, 2017, so I was, you know, right after I got sober in 2015 and, you know, the relationship ended, I'm like, what do I even do with my free time? You've got this, like, intense energy. And I was like, where do I put it? So I went back to the kitchen. I loved to bake as a kid. And um, I started a little bakery, actually, in, like, very late, maybe, like, December of uh, 2015, so just, you know, a few months after. So while you were
1: working at Intel.
0: While I was working at Intel, nights and weekends, like, just doing cakes and cupcakes and all that. And, uh, yeah, that entrepreneurial bug had bit. So when Intel moved me to Santa Clara for a, a new role in the Bay Area, I had let the bakery go. But, like, the entrepreneur dreams don't really go away. And uh, I was just like, all right, what else can I do? And um, had been baking vegan, found a great substitute for raw eggs. And so I was a really shitty vegan. <laughs> so I was using... Uh, no eggs, but using butter and so you have this decadent but safe to eat cookie dough, right. that's edible and bakeable and I'm right. like everyone loves cookie dough. Why can you not get this out with friends right. or like family or on a date or something? And I said I'm gonna start it And uh, yeah, I had those first conversations of like so I'm looking at quitting my comfy
1: tech job to start right. this cookie dough company And you know everyone thought I was insane, but I was happy as could be so you were in your 20s You were sober you're a female. Did you need yeah. to go out and raise money? Uh, to get started, I bootstrapped the shit out of that thing. I spent
0: like 500 bucks to build a catering cart that yeah. could hold the dough, and yeah. took it out to Dolores Park for opening day, and like for, sold yeah. out in three hours. Um, right on. So we were profitable from the first month of the company, oh and uh, I didn't raise until I was opening a store on Pier 39. And just, I mean, these are like the things that unfold in recovery are just incredible. I feel like it's like gift after gift of the universe lining up. Just days before Pier 39 called saying they had a space available on the pier, you know, would I be interested, I had received an email from an angel investor saying, you know, I've heard about your company a lot, there's these millennials in my office that won't stop talking about dope. Um, Are you raising? Do you need funds? And, you know, I get the email from the peer and I'm like, yes, I do. I would like, you know, $100,000 in the next uh, two weeks, please. Can you can you help me out? And it worked. I got the keys in two weeks and I opened that store um, 19 days later. Wow. Yeah,
1: that's incredible. Crazy. Tell me. So does the fact that you are sober in recovery, did that come up when they're kind of doing their due diligence vetting you being a person who has a drug and alcohol history did that ever come hmm. up as an issue
0: no i've never gotten in a negative light if anything i think it has felt like um you know a point of clarity and the stronger it's gotten and even the messaging of the brand that like we are all about you know mental health and addiction recovery and um and being open about all of those things being able to talk about them it's at the forefront it's what's getting you know public speaking engagements for the company which is like you know a great thing so there's been um yeah no fallout from an investor of concerns that that i was sober and i think um If anything, you know, it's helped in a lot of areas, like in hiring, we get lots of people applying who are just like, I love your mission, I need to be a part of what you're building. And here are my skills, what can I do? Uh, Versus, you know, searching and searching and searching and trying to, to hire. It's by no means a perfect art, but it really helps when
1: you've got some powerful message that people... People care about and yeah. resonate with, yeah. So, um, have you exerted like specifically any um, principles or values in the organization that you you received or that you came across in yourself as a result of being in recovery? Are there any? Okay. Uh, that was like the most so, convoluted question in the whole. I was whole. like, if you could yeah. say it in Spanish, <laughs> exactly <laughs> in Portuguese. Here's what I want to know. Yeah what you've learned in recovery, does it help you drive the values of your organization? Or were those values that you were already living by that guide you, or is it a combo?
0: I think it's a combination, yeah. I mean, I was um, you know raised with parents that said, do good, give back, be a good human. And while the alcohol clouded a lot of decisions I was making for all those years, it's kind of like once I got that cloud lifted off and I could you know go and see clearly and build what I wanted to build, I think things changed. Um, And I was able to kind of live out what I had been raised to do, which was, you know, be a good person and and help people.
1: Um, with whatever you're given. Yeah. So today, when you're running this organization and... Like a mad woman. Like a mad woman, and <laughs> things are fabulous and chaotic, and there's pressure. Oh, yeah. How do you get relief since you no longer use drugs or alcohol? Yeah, it's... Uh, I saw this
0: great meme that was, like, an entrepreneur's life. is like, Monday, everything's great. This is the best decision ever. Tuesday, like, I should have never done this. Everything's going to fall <laughs> apart. Like, Wednesday, you know, it's just... It was really like that sometimes. I mean, you get this amazing, like, big deal. You've got this huge rush of adrenaline, like, oh my god this client wants us and then the next day is like oh my god we're not gonna have enough money or whatever the you know or someone quit or what's the issue and um it's a lot to take on just anyone's like mental strain yes. is it would be intense for anybody but without the immediate like okay let's go get a drink which i hilariously still get comments from Clients or something we work with who will be like, oh, like, you know, what a week, like you need a drink uh, to celebrate or you need a drink because it was a hard week. It's like right. alcohol seems to be the answer for good or bad emotions. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just been like, how can I um, how can I move forward and deal with these things without it? So meditation has been huge for me. Um, Working out. I mean, I, I am training for a half Ironman, like a Wah! maniac. So if any of you out there do Ironmans, we'll love your tips. Uh, people have been awesome in the triathlon world of, like, what to do. Um, but, yeah, we're training for Ironman next year. So working out is, like, an amazing stress reliever for me. Um, you know, when I first got sober, the, like, the loss of that, of, like, what was I going to have, I definitely, like, found um, – I made decisions where I'm like, oh, I wouldn't go back and do that again. I started smoking cigarettes for, like, six months. Um, it's like, uh I was like, who am I? Like, I don't smoke. Like, what is this? And it was I so realized that it was just one more Band-Aid. It was mm-hmm. one more, like, mm-hmm. well, if I can't get a drink, I'll just have a cig. Or if I can't have a cig, I'll just have this jewel. And now everyone's dying from
1: right. vape pens. So, like, right. I had,
0: you know, luckily um, stopped all of that, I think, like, six months ago now or something. Um, and really, really happy to just be, like all right, I can deal with everything on my own and, and find my own zen, um, it's
1: pretty cool. Where are your shops now? And where? how can people find your cookie dough?
0: Yeah. So you can find Dope online at dope.com, and it's D-O-U-G-H-P, just because we're throwing you off here. We've got the <laughs> dope puns. Um, but yeah, you can find it online. We ship nationwide, so if you're anywhere in the United States, we've got you hooked up. And if you're in Vegas, we are on the Las Vegas Strip uh, inside Planet Hollywood. It's Miracle Mile Shops. And, and
1: you had mentioned that your four-year sobriety birthday's coming up, and there's a special? There is a special, a huge special. That.
0: So it's four years sober, so we're doing 40% off. Forty percent off all of our cookie dough shipping nationwide. So when you go online, it's uh, dope. And then the number two, be sober. It's dope to be sober. Um, you can get our coupon code. Check us out at at Eat Dope on Instagram, and you'll see the code in the post. We just posted it tonight.
1: So. This is just the beginning of a conversation. Uh, much more to come from this woman. Much more to come from this company. Clearly, you said you're going to start doing a podcast. What do you have in mind?
0: Uh, well, I was just thinking. You know, I've um, I love. The other directions of like panels that I've been on or discussions mm-hmm. I've had with mm-hmm. people and how you know interested I am in these topics about like mental health, entrepreneurship, yes. women in business, like yes. all that. And I just thought um, and how I'm pretty comfortable in interviews and yes. uh, you know being on camera or just just chatting with people. So I thought it would be really cool to try and put something yeah. together that would not only help elevate dope, but just my own personal mission here. Like I'd love to be a motivational speaker, um, when I'm moved on from dope one day and, right. um, this would be a nice platform to start to be able to interview others and just kind of get a, a collection out there of what it's like to be an entrepreneur in real life. <laughs> Did you always know you were an entrepreneur? Gosh, I feel like, um, maybe before I knew what entrepreneur was, it was in me. Cause I was like, 12 years old and I had a pamphlet that told you I was the best babysitter in the neighborhood right. and business cards and I would go like door to door handing them out and um you know always I mean the lemonade stand I had was like let me tell you you know right. it was next level so I was always really interested in um yeah like what I could build I really loved marketing from a young age yeah. like I remember watching Um, commercials and being like oh it's really interesting why they're playing like this commercial on Nickelodeon noticing that like all the toy commercials are on this channel right when we were watching golf with that it was like you know these other commercials so just like little stuff of like thinking about targeting at like 10 Mm -hmm. years old is like kind of weird Mm -hmm. but I was always really fascinated with like what was catchy about commercials or brands like when uh, the 2008-2009 stuff happened watching like which how the brands reacted to what was going on um, in the recession and everything. Was Did you study business then? Yeah, international business and marketing. Okay. Um, so, And is, would you say fun. that's your love? Marketing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, um, like, branding and, and all of that is is really awesome for me. I would love to help other entrepreneurs too, like, down the road having some sort of advising capacity to say, like, Hey, what's your idea? What's your cool right. product? But like, how are you going to get it out? Right. How are you going to market it? What's the brand? What does it say? What's it doing? Like right. mission-driven marketing is. And been, have you had mentors that have done for that for me. you? Um, I have an amazing set of advisors for sure. Like an awesome. Let me bounce some ideas off mm-hmm. of you. There are a lot of worlds that didn't come naturally to me. So like, investing and getting the right terms and the finances right. and um, I mean, general accounting. From like the third month, I hired an accountant who's yes. still with me today. Diana is awesome. Um. And it was just like you know that's not going to be my thing. Like right. I always say, right, like right. learn what you um, learn what you suck at and yeah. hire for it instead right, of absolutely. trying to go and, and do it. Like I could figure it out, but is that the best use of my time?
1: Tell me about yeah. um, you're committed to supporting people who have mental health as an issue. Men- do you say mental health or mental illness when you talk about? I hate
0: calling it an illness. Yeah, right.
1: I definitely don't have any like true research backing on this, but it right. just
0: feels like uh similar with the disability like i'm right. not disabled like i'm right. perfectly able to do all that i want like, right. that kind of thing i feel like calling it a mental illness isn't know, great like everyone has mental health right you right. know everyone has um we all want health, physical about, health
1: we all want mental exactly. health emotional health spiritual health right so right it's a health so continual. it's like okay
0: where are you on the spectrum of like is right. it healthy or is it not and you can have a you know, cataloged mental disorder, chemical imbalance or whatever right. it is. And, right, right. Um, but you can still be mentally healthy with it. Like, are you doing the things you need to, to take care of yourself in that state and um, make sure you're, you know, feeling as good as you need to be on that day? Right. Not, um, not 100% all the time, but, like, working towards
1: feeling good is there an organization that you look to um that you really admire how they treat their employees and you want to emulate that in terms of their policies or culture
0: yeah i mean zappos is a huge one tony shea i read that book um years actually before i started dope i think a couple years before um it was like delivering happiness i don't Mm -hmm. know if you've read Mm -hmm. it but their company culture and how they treat customers it's just a Mm -hmm. huge thing for me like we just got um, a deal with this hotel chain here in um, Congrats! In the Bay Area. Thank you. I'm super stoked. They're going to put dope in the mini bars, which is just, like, amazing. Yes. So you're at your hotel room and you want a jar of cookie dough. So, you know, instantly it was like, hey, can we, you know, get an address for them to send a thank you box, and, like a welcome like, kind of client gift, something to, you know, just say oh. that we appreciate them. And um, with the employees, the Dope for Hope um initiative in the company started some policies for employees, too, to help them feel like supported and appreciated as humans. So we have two mental health days uh, per employee. So our staff that's, you know, clocking in hourly and all of that. If you're having an anxiety attack or you're depressed that day and it's really intense and your depression is just unmanageable, why would I make you come in, right. put some, like, horrendously painful smile on, you know, that you right. don't want to do and and try and make it through the day. So um, let's have a conversation. Tell me what's going on without penalty uh, on the financial front or otherwise. Like, you can tell us what's happening and we'll cover your shift and, and make sure what has to happen does um, offer mental health subsidy uh, towards, you know, mental health care, just right. like with health care. If we're going to offer that, I might as well take a look at the other side right too. On. Um, and uh, yeah, if they're in need coming to us and saying like, I need some support on, um, on seeing a therapist yeah. or, you know, I don't know that I can afford X, Y, and Z medication and stuff. So um, yeah, those conversations have been able to take place. And then like the open heart
1: policy, Uh, I don't know about that. Tell me about your open heart policy. Yeah.
0: I mean, realistically, the idea that um, there's this long term about like open door policy. And it's like, do I really want to like walk into your office all alone? It just sounds so scary. And, um, you know, the open heart policy was just a way to say that like I'm really here uh, taking off my CEO hat, taking off my founder hat, and, like, we can have ice cream and go talk about what's mm-hmm. going on. Or, um, you know, have a, a Google Hangouts call if you need and a mm-hmm. phone call at 2 a.m. Like, I just wanted my staff to know that um, I'm super there for them and, like, I'm a person <laughs> at the right. end of the day. Yeah. right. Which is, um, you know, something that goes along with this, like, uh, openness about recovery and people realizing that, like, not every CEO has everything all perfect all yes. the time, you know, yes. there's always this facade of like, I'm so great. I've never had an issue. Right. Um, you know, have I ever had any, uh, negative consequences from right. being sober in business or whatnot? So I feel like it's interesting and empowering to turn it around for good and to yeah. say, no, it's a great thing about me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you find, given that you're in recovery, if there are people in your, um, organization who are young and drink and enjoy their drink? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's sort of like a reverse uh, stigma against people who enjoy the partying culture if they don't have a problem?
0: My stance is just don't bring it in my doors.
1: Yeah, we right had
0: on. one employee who had showed up um, just obliterated on the holiday for a yeah. shift, and I was like just no way. Yeah, like there's yeah, just no way, not in my house. Yeah. Of <laughs> you know, course. Yeah. uh, I just felt, um, yeah, very disrespected by like yeah. that kind of behavior. But if it's on your own time and you feel good about it, all that I can do. And my only power here is to tell you what my life's been like without right. it. Right. And if you want to get on that boat, awesome. Yeah. If you're chilling, great. Yeah. But like, you know, I can't, um, can't force anyone to abide by my lifestyle, but uh, when it's when you're the CEO you can choose to not have alcohol at the party or right, you know what I mean? Right. Um, or to not sell booze like you know, we're on the strip in Vegas. We're next to Fat Tuesday that's doing millions and millions of dollars a year right. at this one location right. in the yard long margaritas. Right. So it's a natural suggestion that I, I get all the time still of people being like, Oh, you should do like a boozy cookie right. dough flavor. Right. You should do some yes. cocktails, you've got this whole bar area. Right. It's like this is my exact point. We have alcohol bottles filled with toppings up right. on the top to, Love look it. Like a, yes. to look like a bar. Like, you think I'm gonna bring a bottle of Kela 1 in here? Like, it's just not happening. Um, right. So yeah, you get to make your own decisions. Um, yeah. Build it how you want.
1: Yeah, that is so great. Um, if you had an employee who was not sure if he or she um, had a problem, how would you encourage them to explore that? How do you begin to even explore if you have a problem with alcohol or drugs?
0: Oddly, the situation has happened multiple times, not necessarily an employee, um, but friends or mm-hmm. even just people reaching out on Instagram. Um, when you've kind of gone out and said, hey, I am sober, you mm-hmm. get the outreach of people being like, I'm looking yes. at what this might be like, or yes. I'm two weeks into it, wow. or I'm, you know, I fell off, but I'm trying to get back or something. So um, yeah, I definitely try to let people come to their own conclusions. I ask a lot of questions and I talk about my own experience Mm -hmm. because like all I can say is I mean and usually it falls like this I share what it was like for me and then they're like my god I feel the same (laughs) way (laughs) yes like I didn't have to say you know do you feel like this or um, yes are you like that I'm just like you know this is what it was like for me and this is what I wanted to stop and here's how my life is now yeah and uh do you need some tips on like what it would be like and um, you know if that starts to lead into it Uh, always kind of point them to the resources that I know. And what helped me get started was in AA. I -hmm. went, um, I mean, I was going like six days a week in the beginning and Mm -hmm. looking for some sense of community that I wasn't alone. Like I think the biggest thing I Mm -hmm. got from AA or in general meeting other sober folks in my life was like, you're not the only one going through this and you feel super alone when you make the decision to get sober. You feel like you're the only one that can't get it the hell together to stop drinking too much, to stop blacking out, to stop, insert, you know, mistake here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you're so not alone. And like, Yeah. yeah, those communities really remind you of that. So that's kind of my first push for anyone exploring it is always like, just go and see what you think and I guess the story about relating to like what it was like for someone is what AA is all about too of hearing other stories and being like gosh me too or right. like I remember that or right yeah relating with others and not sitting in a pool of booze on your own crying yes <laughs> yeah for sure
1: yeah. okay final question yeah <laughs> <laughs> For twenty thousand dollars, love it. Okay, <laughs> we'll have one more drink. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know okay, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's literally
0: nothing worth. it. I think about that a lot. Where I'm like out with friends, and you know, oh, there's this really interesting cocktail on the menu, like mm-hmm. lavender, blah blah blah. Yes. Like this would be so cool. Yes. It's just not worth it. See yeah. if they can make it in a mocktail version. But I just can't imagine the next drink ever being worth like all that I've built and how far I've come and how good I feel. You know what?
1: There need not be a question after yeah. that. That was like the perfect. No, that was us. the perfect ending. Yeah, perfect. Thanks so much for joining us tonight.
0: Awesomeness. Be open, be proud, love yourself, love each other. <laughs> Shout out for World Suicide Prevention Day. Um, let's break the stigma on mental health and addiction recovery. Be out and open and do good stuff.
1: Thanks so much, everybody. Good thanks, night. guys.
0: <laughs> Whoa. Thanks for listening to that whole podcast. You rock. All right, we hope you're leaving here today with even a smidge more inspiration than when you showed up. If you did, my job is done here. Subscribe to our podcast, follow us at Eat Dope, and if you're craving some cookie dough, and I mean, when are you not, order at dope.com. It's D-O-U-G-H-P.com and use code SOBERPODCAST for 10% off. Have a dope day.